This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Here you go. Here you go. Welcome to part two of my spring training series. This is a three-part series where I wanted to give you some insight as to what happens in spring training from the eyes of the front office, from the eyes of the manager, and through the eyes of a player. This is part two. We're going to talk about a manager and what a manager does during spring training, how he prepares for spring training, what he does during the course of spring training, and what are his stress points during spring training. So I had a chance to work with a lot of different managers, and preparation for spring training starts well before celebrations start for the new year. When your season's done, whether it's on September 30th or October 30th with the World Series, you are getting into spring training mode as soon as you know you're going to be the manager. What spring training mode means is that every day is fully mapped out. So even though you don't have the full roster set, we give a manager, let's say, 65 players who we bring into spring training. That makes up most of your 40-man roster, if not all of it, plus what we call our players who are invited to spring training. They don't have a roster spot, but they're invited to be part of your spring training. So 65 players come, and the manager's job is to make sure that every player has gotten an opportunity who the front office tells him needs an opportunity to get a certain amount of reps whether you are a pitcher or a position player. So to prepare for spring training, let's talk about first the reporting time, and we'll talk about as a manager that he is setting up before games start, there are a week of workouts. You read or you see on TV, hey, spring training, pitchers and catchers report today. Hey, first full season workout today. Well, those things don't just happen. A workout is an extremely organized activity. There are about six or seven fields that are being used at any particular time during a workout. And a manager goes through, with the help of his coaching staff, but goes through and assigns players to each field, assigns coaches to each field, assigns special instructors to each field, is basically making sure that all of the workouts are done in an organized manner and are done as efficiently as possible. Why? Because during workouts prior to games, coaches, managers, and players all want to get out of there as soon as possible. So we'll have reporting time in spring training. It's the total opposite of the regular season. It drives players crazy, but you've got to be in by 7 o'clock in the morning. 
and it's the most bizarre thing we do, is we've got players who generally sleep till noon or one o'clock the entire six-month season, yet for one month and a half during spring training, they've got to completely alter their schedule. And it's not like they're going to bed at eight o'clock at night. So what I've found over the course of spring training is players actually get exhausted and they want us to schedule night games toward the end of March because they want to get their bodies back into the routine of staying up till 3 a.m. and sleeping till noon. So the manager puts together all of these workouts detailed. They're going to work on pitchers fielding, pitchers bunting. They're going to work on pickoff plays. They're going to work on signs and what to do during situations, just like you may have done in high school baseball or in Little League. Literally, we work on hitting the cutoff man. We work on the wheel play, which is when you bunt a ball to third base. The shortstop goes to third to cover third. The third baseman comes in to get the ball. The first baseman has come in to feel the possible bunt down the first base line. The second baseman goes to first to get the throw from the third baseman or the shortstop. That's called the wheel play. We work on those things. We work on which base you're supposed to throw to. You'd be surprised this is not analytics. This is not Moneyball. You would be surprised the number of games that a team can lose by simply not knowing the fundamentals of baseball. And I don't mean physical errors. This is sort of a side note now. Physical errors, errors never bothered me in, in, during my career. Players miss balls. It happens. You miss a fly ball, a ground ball eats you up, and you make a mistake. It happens. I'm good with it. Mental errors drove me insane. They are inexcusable. Throwing to the wrong base, missing the cutoff man. You'd say that's a physical error, but I tell you, when, when outfielders miss a cutoff man, that is purposeful. They are trying to get the ball all the way to third base from right field to show off their arm, let's say. Those mental mistakes, not taking the extra base, not getting a good enough secondary lead, these are all things that matter to winning games. So the manager during workouts is walking from field to field, and he's just like the general on a battlefield, except as you know, we don't use that metaphor from a previous episode of Nothing Personal. He is simply the man in charge. He's going around and talking to his players. He's talking to his coaches, and he's making sure that the players are doing their work. Front office, you heard me talk about on a, on a previous edition of this bonus pod, we're looking around, but we're looking for totally different things uh, uh, during the course of a workout. So once the workouts are posted every morning, the players go out and do them, then the manager starts getting ready for games. And he knows that in the first week of games, his job is very simply to get his starters a couple of at-bats when their game starts. Then you bring in backup players, minor league players, guys who are not guaranteed to make the roster. So when you look at a spring training game and you wonder why in the first two weeks of games that after the fifth inning, it's a bunch of players that are wearing number 75 or 94 or 69, that's because those are not players who are expected to make your roster. And when you are a player, we're going to talk about it on a future episode very soon, actually, what the spring training, how a player uses spring training. But for the manager, he's making sure that he's got enough guys to get through a game. A manager literally makes a chart prior to each week of every single pitcher who will be pitching in a game. And this is when starting pitchers go one or two innings. Then you bring in a parade of relievers. But then you have to have backup relievers to relievers in case the relievers don't get anyone out and they get through their pitch count early in spring training. Then you have position players. Then you have backups to the backup position players. 
That's why spring training dugouts look so crowded. So next time you go to a spring training game, take a look at the crowd in the dugout and realize that that crowd is there because the manager has to not get shorthanded. We once had a spring training game that we had to stop because our pitching coach at the time, his name was Brad Arnsberg. Actually, Brad Arnsberg, one of the craziest firings of all time. When we fired him as pitching coach, he literally went crazy, like scary crazy, like do we need to call the police type of crazy. So we ran out of pitchers one time and we just, we weren't prepared. The job of the manager and the job of the pitching coach and the bench coach is to make sure there are enough players in order to go through an entire game. But then as managers get through the course of spring training, their outlook changes. From the middle of March on, they are actually managing games the way they will manage them during the regular season. The players are starting to get three to four at-bats, the regulars. You're using your bench the way you'd use your bench. Your starters the last time through the rotation or even two last times through the rotation are going four or five innings, getting up to 100 pitches. I always wanted, we always wanted our pitchers to be at 100 pitches before the regular season started. Some managers work their pitchers up once the regular season starts. I totally disagree with that. You've got to be ready to go. The manager has to look for readiness from his players. Make sure his bullpen arms are getting consecutive days to make sure they're ready to go consecutive days once the season starts. He's all about getting ready for the season. Do you think the manager knows the spring training record of his team? Not a chance. Does the manager know the record of his team during the regular season? Every day he knows. But spring training, not a chance. He gets a chart after every game. Who pitched? How many innings? Did it go exactly according to the plan they had set out? And then he starts his plan for the next day. The managers do get involved in roster decisions, but only in so far as we as the front office tell the manager what we're thinking and try to give the manager ownership into that decision so that he believes he was a part of that decision. But the truth is, we've made the decisions before we meet, we meet, meet with the manager. I've actually never said that out loud before. That's interesting because former managers maybe listen to this. Hey, Donnie. I love you as a manager, but you were always a part of the decision-making process. But we knew when we would sit in meetings with you as a front office, we knew which direction we wanted to go. We knew the financial implications of the direction we wanted to go. And it always was great when you would tell us what you wanted and it matched what we wanted because then it was your idea. But if you would tell us something that didn't match what we wanted, it was going to be very hard for you to change our mind. And that's not taking away anything from you as a manager. That's to tell you that that is the front office role. We give you 25 guys. Now it's 26. You make them play well and make them win games. So when the manager basically sits there in meetings, he's telling his coaches, hey, we need to give feedback to the front office, but our job will be to take whatever players we get and make them in position for when game one of 162 starts, we are in a position to win. The other thing we use a manager for during spring training is to be in every meeting where we send players down or when we tell players that they've made a roster for the first time. This is one of the most fun things a manager gets to do is to tell a career minor leaguer or to tell a young player who's never made a big league roster. We let the manager sit in and say to his player, hey, listen, we just want to tell you you've made the team. You've made the 25-man roster. 
And that is a truly exciting thing to do for uh, managers, for their players. For me as a front office, it didn't mean much because I know whoever's on the 25-man roster to start a season will not be on a 25-man roster to end the season. There's all sorts of changes that happen. So my message always to players was, if you make a team, great. If you didn't make a team, just know that you're going to be counted on at some point during the season, so you better go to the minor leagues and stay ready. Keep working on your game and be ready because you're going to be called up eventually. Then from a manager standpoint, the spring training comes to a close. He packs up. He gets ready for opening day. And one story to end this little bonus pod on spring training through the eyes of a manager. One year when we had Jack McKean as our manager, uh, we had won the World Series in 03. It was spring training of 04. I think that's the same spring training as Abraham Nunez, who we talked about on the podcast yesterday or another day. I don't know which day, just before. And when we were talking about front office spring training. And Jack McKeon said at the end of spring training in 04, we had let Pudge go. He signed with Detroit. We had traded Derek Lee for Hesop Choi to be our first baseman. But we thought we had enough team left in 04 that we were going to be able to defend and able to compete. And that's when Jack looked at me and said, hey, uh, Sparky, you really think we're going to win the Kentucky Derby with a bunch of donkeys? <laughs> I can't believe uh, Everyone's excited. We're defending World Series champions. We think we have a shot. And Jack just looked at me and deadpanned that line. And then I sort of thought to myself, is he kidding? Is he not kidding? Like, do we need to fire him now? What are we doing when our job is to try to get back to the playoffs and do what, you know, teams hadn't done? The previous Marlins team who won the World Series in 97, they fire sailed everyone and they lost over 100 games in 98. We thought we had a chance, even without Pudge. And Jack knew. Jack knew. And needless to say, we did not defend our title. That's spring training. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.